Oh. Hey folks, welcome to the podcast. I'm Julian. And I'm Chris. And we will be just sharing our thoughts today and trying to explore a new podcast variety. Yeah, we're uh, we're not really sure what we're doing right now, but we want to talk and we want people to listen. And uh, hopefully we, we kind of converge to some sort of uh, consensus as to what we're going to do as a topic. <laughs> or But for now, we're just going to talk. Um, Try to have fun conversations that you hopefully would like to listen to and learn more along the way. Talk about things that interest us and interest you. And we're off. So, Chris? Let's tell them a little story about how we got this recorder first, right? I mean, that, that'd yeah. be pretty... That's a good place Pretty to start resourceful. Off. So we uh, went on to the, the good old library here at uh, Cornell, and they had this this recorder, this Zoom recorder. Mm-hmm. Pretty expensive piece of equipment, really, and very convoluted. And they just checked it out so yeah. casually. It, it's a, every second. Is it minute? Minute. Every, every minute, minute, which is pretty ridiculous. Even if I said second, it's still ridiculous. <laughs> a dollar for every minute I'm late. Um, Imagine you're late for two days. You just forget about it. See, that, that's what's unreal. Like, is it, like, is there a cap to, to how much I owe? There must be. There's no way. Let's can... do the quick math. Okay, so let's say, I mean, well, it's just $60 every hour. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you could just, so even but if I was a day. that's $1,400 every day. What was your math there? <laughs> times 24 okay times yeah okay so <laughs> right if i was like if you include it all i mean hopefully they, i would remember I, I i put a reminder in my phone i should be good but anyway yeah we got that we got the recording equipment if we're late we might need your patreon support yeah <laughs> thank you to our sponsors uh <laughs> <laughs> bean water bean water is good <laughs> and uh squash the beef 2019 yes all squashing the beef we're working really hard on Fulfilling your New Year's resolution of squashing all our beef, all our conflict, and trying to start a movement to... And eventually this movement of squashing the beef could, you know, end in world peace. Because it has a nice cascading effect. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. squashed the beef with my taxes. Chris, have you squashed any beef this year? I mean, I don't... I'm generally not... Someone that that has beef. You're I, not beefing very I'm hard. just not. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm vegan, so <laughs> beef is not really in my. What What made you want to be vegan? What What started that? Uh, well, it all started um, after I, I kind of I saw I saw this documentary. A lot of you probably have have seen it on Netflix. Um, shameless plug for Netflix there, but they should be a sponsor. They should be our sponsor. You're right. We'll look into that. Um, but I watched, I watched Cowspiracy cause I was just interested. I was kind of, oh. I was on like this documentary binge, you know, I was watching like Forks Over Knives and, um, Drug Inc and just all these, you know, just all those, all the entire category on, um, on Netflix and some good, good productions there. Yeah, no, they do. They're really, they have their own, uh, they have their originals and they have, they have the, just they they take on a lot of really cool projects, but this one was just talking about the impact of not just the cattle industry, but you know chickens, pigs, uh, both on the the social side of things. So you know the the just the sheer odor mm. of pig farms and the people that live next to them. 
um, these, I mean, these, these huge, they're called CAFOs, so like mm-hmm. concentrated agricultural feeding operations. And so they have so much pollution, they consume a lot of water, and the land is just used for, you know, raising cows instead of other things that, you know, you could do mm-hmm. so much more with, with land. And it's just to kind of put in this, in the, what used to be the Great Plains of the United States, mm-hmm. There's, I mean, there's no, there's, and grass, like that restored soil. (laughs) Like we, we have the amount of like destruction that industrial agriculture has Mm -hmm. caused. And we don't see it. I mean, this is such a behind the scenes. You see like food Inc when you're in seventh grade and it's like, wow, like they live some pretty shitty lives. Um, Farming operators. And and I'm not, I'm not really, I was never concerned with the moral aspect of stuff. I'm not one of those, like, you know, I'm not, I don't support PETA. I I think PETA is a little extreme. Uh Um, I think like there's definitely the more mild side of things with supporting animal rights for sure. But sometimes people get a little kooky. And so I, I went into it just with an open mind and being an environmental engineering major, I, it just resonated a lot um, given my life in the outdoors and I you know I I grew up fishing and shooting the bow and um, walking in the woods and so there's just this connection with just destruction of these ecosystems um, just so you can have a burger right Mm -hmm. so so it's mainly the environmental footprint of meat yeah yeah I mean I mean the carbon the the amount of methane people Mm -hmm. say like oh cow farts that's ridiculous but uh, I'm right now I'm taking a lot of, you know, bioenergy stuff and one cow mm-hmm. every day produces 65 kilograms of, of manure. That's, that's 65 liters. Well, so, I mean, just imagine like, a your, your, your liter water bottle, right? Like imagine 65 of those every day for one cow. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of gas that's associated with that. And so they release a lot. Um, just themselves that that doesn't include the farming equipment mm-hmm. and the processing that goes through like you know the dairy industry and so and I was just like you know one how much impact can one person do to like how can you maximize your impact um, whatever that really means and so I felt that why not just stop eating meat and dairy and just going plant-based because... And how about meat that's, say, you were bow hunter, right? Right, so if you, yeah. If you, so what if you went out there and shot the animal yourself, dragged it out, would you eat yeah. that that meat? So that's... So yeah, I, I wouldn't say that I'm... I say, I, I guess when I first started, I was like, yeah, like I'm vegan. Like, I, I, this is this is dope. That's so, such an extreme... Yeah, it was very extreme. Go, I basically, like overnight, like after I watched Cowspiracy, mm-hmm. I went to Stop and Shop, which if money, whoever, I'm from Long Island, so I don't know if anyone knows what Stop and Shop is, uh, or like New York region, I'm not sure how widespread it is, but essentially I went there and I just started buying like tempeh and uh-huh. rice and <laughs> mushrooms and I was like, I gotta get a complete protein other ways. Um, and did you ever and- feel... Kind of out, out of balance, like you were nutrient deficient. No, I've I've never had low energy. Um, I I think I, I feel I feel really good. I don't know actually what I felt like before. I don't know how to compare it. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely feel like I don't know. I I feel like cleaner mm. when I like you know just daily functions. Yeah. <laughs> 
You know, I don't have trouble going to the bathroom anymore. <laughs> and you um, did before? I'm just saying, you know, sometimes you have, oh, sure, you know, you went to Denny's and, or you went to like the big, you know, the, the good steer and you got yeah. like a burger with onions and you don't go to the bathroom for like a day. <laughs> it's just clogged. That, yeah. It, you know, there's just like this wall. Um, so, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's been shown that it's, it's healthier. Uh, and, you know, I, t- I took a paleo diets class and it, so it kind of just put my, my perspective on things. It, it kind of just made them more concrete in that back then, you know, this is, we're talking 100,000 years ago, even 20,000 years ago before the first uh, civilization mm-hmm. in like the Fertile Crescent and um, where's the other one in India? I forgot what it's called. It's escaping me right now, but... Um, Kush Valley? So, I don't know. Somewhere, it's somewhere in the Indus. It was in the uh, Indus Valley, but the... We didn't, we didn't eat meat every day. You know, mm-hmm. people argue that, oh, but like, you know, we evolved to eat meat. Um, we did not. Right. We, we evolved to eat everything. We, yeah. We're, I mean, we're omnivorous. We're, we're actually frugivores. Our, our teeth, it's a term for the, the teeth that we have. We have incisors in the front. We have like very, uh, not, we have not prominent canines. Right. And so we, we are very good at uh, grinding in the, ba- of, of mm-hmm. the back of our teeth and, we can, and we can cut, right? So nuts, fruits... Uh, and the occasional meat, right? The mm-hmm. occasional, uh, let's say, antelope, right? In the savannah or something like that. Mm-hmm. So you, the success rate of hunting was not very high. It's hard to hunt. Yeah. And do it effectively, especially if you're thinking about using really primitive tools. Think about right? before tools. They, that I must... mean, there's a big theory that it, persistence, mm-hmm. persistence hunting was a thing, which is where... Since we were upright, we were able to run a long time and not get tired. Mm-hmm. And so we were able to chase down game until they basically died of exhaustion. Or we were able to catch up to them and pummel them. With a rock. <laughs> yeah, it's little... like 2001 A Space Odyssey. Yeah. It's like grab the bone, the monolith Ooh. is just behind you. Um, so we were also scavengers too. Like we would, yep. we would just... Yep. Eat the remains the of first. organs and, yeah. uh, you know, You're hang totally around right. packs of lions. Yeah. We were, and similar to the first dogs. tools found, um, the first tools found in, in Africa with the, uh, what was, what was her name? Lucy. And, you mm. know, a little bit after that, they, the, fir- the first tools were scraping tools. And so they think that since there were only scraping tools and, and no tools for like, penetration of mm-hmm. like you know from the, an external side it was to scavenge really quick grab some meat and run away yeah because we were weak right like a lion we could still just are tear. Weak. <laughs> we are we're yeah we but suck we're but. probably even weak we're way weaker but we have yeah. iphones and right zoom right. recorders that, that's yeah and you're right it's making all of this possible yeah one dollar a minute <laughs> uh and so i just all of that together, just all these different, you know, my, the experience I've had in class and my just childhood. And mm-hmm. I was, I, I wanted to do something different and kind of play my part. Yeah. So, and back to your question about if I hunt something yes. myself, is it okay? Um, and I, I ration yet yeah, I rationalize. Yes. I think that's a good rationalization. Makes because, you know, a deer eating acorns 
and you know browsing on you know little little shrubs is not industrially raised right? right it's 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 a steady state system it's not exploited and so me harvesting a deer and dragging it out of the woods and butchering it and then eating that is sustainable mm-hmm. it's a sustainable system and it's and it actually is a conservation effort so i'll eat venison that my dad has gotten um since i've been in college or you know when i was in high school like i still think that that was okay and they're often I mean, overpopulated they're very overpopulated especially so on Long island, island yeah very bad so there's no natural predators we are the natural predators now <laughs> yeah you're right <laughs> top of the food chain our baby. cars <laughs> our cars yeah it's bad it's dangerous overpopulated deer mm-hmm. you know they sometimes have to go bring them bring in sharpshooters to Are you serious? just eliminate the yeah, so there's just there's so many because so does a female deer doe a, a deer, deer. <laughs> they generally have twins they they almost rarely give birth to one wow so it's give... an exponent it's exponential the growth of a deer mm-hmm. and they die if it's not coyotes killing them when there's no pressure on Long Island for coyotes and other islands mm-hmm. um they just either die of disease mm-hmm. they are born late because there's less food so they the baby just can't survive the winter yeah and people hitting them with cars <laughs> <laughs> your dad with his bow hey, right i mean yeah we don't hunt on long but they've also really seen anymore, but... that that similar to the constraints with food Right, that Thomas Malthus created, you know, the population bomb. And yeah. So that, you know, species get into this carrying capacity and mm-hmm. then they run out of food. They also found that for, even in situations where they had unlimited food, they did tests with the rats and found that they give them as much food and water as they need, but they just stuff as many rats into the place as mm-hmm. possible. The rats end up dying just from stress and sheer mm. overload. Stress, and yeah. That can often happen in island populations with a bunch of different... Mm-hmm. animals too and you you're wondering like this could probably also happen with humans too New York, it hasn't already example, happened tokyo these densely yeah populated places yeah um it is kind of it's i mean obviously malthus was wrong right i mean we have exceeded his predictions and it seems that we're we are leveling off but not because of disease or famine but mm-hmm. because of better education when it comes to um well he was wrong in a pretty not in i think in a pretty small way because we had really specific inventions that allowed for this huge growth like the green revolution right that was just a couple people like the herbert bosch method for nitrogen fixation yeah right that in itself unlocked a huge reservoir of population for us so would you like to explain the Her- herbert bosch process really quickly what let's the yeah implications sure. of that were so we have a bunch of nitrogen in our air. It's mostly nitrogen. I think something like 7%. 70%, is that yeah. right? And let's pull that up. And to and plants need nitrogen to grow. And oftentimes some plants will have a root system where with fungi called the mycelium. And then they'll, they will fix nitrogen. And, and rhizobium. Rhizobium. And exchange that with the plant for, for carbon. And, and sugars, but plants that don't have that need to just get it from the soil. And this guy found a way to use 
use oil and essentially create a a reaction that allowed nitrogen yeah. to get fixed into a solid crystalline salt form that can be put a put around fields and then created a boom in growth of plants and but then the runoff from that all the rain that sweeps away all mm-hmm. those excess nutrients goes into the river and then that depletes all the oxygen because there's a huge flora boom in biological oxygen yes absolutely and you get these toxic algae blooms that that explode and then can kill fish in the river like the gulf of mexico has a huge problem with this right now the mississippi river you can see it i mean there's aerial maps of you can just see it in the color of the of the gulf and Mm -hmm. certain you know the the coast of the united states this runoff has just caused these anoxic zones which is Anoxic just means no without oxygen, and so there's just it's a dead zone. Nothing can live there, and you can. It's just you know with red tide, which is real wasn't one really bad thing that I think we're was experienced in uh, Florida. Did Florida have really bad red tide? Um, yeah, one of somewhere in down, down south. I'm mm-hmm. it's escaping me, but Florida maybe Louisiana. Yeah, it's and and that goes back to this. There's this industrialization of production, right? Mm-hmm. Just like produce, produce, produce. Let's make more food. There's more people, and you go back to the, you know, this these kafos mm-hmm. and these. You have this this food that's being grown to then feed the food that then you're gonna eat as food. Right. So there's this there's this trophic. Trans uh trend movement. There's this trophic movement of energy through the process, and mm-hmm. there's a lot. You know, animals aren't efficient at Huge converting ma- uh, energy into mass. In fact, cows are the least efficient at doing it. Pigs are one of the most efficient, and so are cat. Uh, so are chickens. Fish are also fish are incredible. very very efficient. Um, overfishing is a whole nother. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't want to get into that right now. We no. can maybe another one. Yeah, another um, next week. And so, why are we using? We're losing so much energy to feed something that then we're going to eat rather than just eating the food that they eat in order to get our energy. And mm-hmm. so there's, it's this extremely intensive process and you know, I don't, I just don't want to partake in having that, this kind of overhead guilt. I, I don't, I feel guilty you as feel a consumer guilty, and mean? which I don't think is healthy to no. constantly, you know, go shopping and, and just, I have this very, very negative attitude towards so many products. I see these ingredients and I'm like, oh, well, that whey is just being put in there for this. And like, I, I hate myself for right. it, but like, <laughs> and I don't, I don't want to feel like, I don't want to be like, I'm preaching to people and kind of mm-hmm. just pushing my ideas on them. I don't do that. Generally people... It's also tell, very annoying when people do that. Yeah. Generally people tell, are telling other people that I am vegan, which I don't, I don't even consider myself vegan. I'd say I'm just predominantly plant-based. Yeah. But... It's a good way of saying people it. kind of push my practices on other people without my without my permission that's really. really funny so you know you have a, you, the, the constant this this there's this very big stigma around vegans that they're mm-hmm. just like you know very loud about their their views right. and they don't Annoying they hate vegan yeah yeah so and then and that is kind of it's just been like a, it's just like a joke so mm-hmm. no one takes them seriously, and Peter doesn't help their position very well either. Especially what? with Steve Irwin, did you hear? No, I haven't heard that. They called that they, they 
Steve Irwin's it was like his either it was the anniversary of his death mm-hmm. or it was his birthday. I don't know, one or the other very recently. And he they they basically tweeted about how he should not be celebrated because he disturbed animals uh, that were just doing trying to do their own thing. Essentially was what, what <laughs> That's ridiculous. so like all those crocodiles. And I'm telling you right it's now, so crocodiles tasteless. do not give a shit what no. you do. To, they are just trying to soak up the sun. They'll swim away, you know, like... They'll kill you, too. They'll kill you. If they want to kill you, they'll, they, yeah. They'll do it. They're dinosaurs. Yeah. They're ancient, like... They're massive. They are living fossils, as they say. <laughs> How long do alligators live? I feel like they could last... They could live do for not a know. huge amount of time. Most reptiles can live, uh... Like, upwards of 70 years, probably. I mean, they're perfectly evolved, right? I mean, insects, too. Insects have a very... I mean, like, they die quick, yeah. but they have a huge... Fruit flies last like a day. Yeah, can you imagine? <laughs> but in their time, it's not a day. In their, their relative to like, there's this thing called like the flick, the flick rate or the. It's essentially like how we perceive light and time, and so that. You know, like there's a the illusion when a wheel is going really fast, and mm-hmm. you can almost see it going backwards. Mm. When it's going really fast, yes, yeah, it's yeah. because your 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 eyes cannot process the movement fast enough. There's only a certain frame per second mm-hmm. that your eyes can deliver to your brain. And that's the flick rate? That's the, it's, it's something like that. And I'm not going to keep fact checking. I'm, I'm almost positive it has, it's similar to that. Okay. And so, bugs and like dragonflies and birds have a much higher capacity per second of, of information that they can process through their, you know, ocular system, whatever mm-hmm. it is. I mean, have you seen a bug's eyes? Do you Massive. see the... the? Uh, but how does that affect our perception of time? I mean, it's still a, a, I don't know. only a day. I, right, but I but mean... do they think about time? Probably not. They probably... They're bugs. Not in the way we do. They're flies. Right, but you can't, you can't rationalize it that way. Because just because we feel pain by this ouchy sensation that we get, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, ah, oh, that really hurt. That's really just like sodium and potassium exchanging positions in a in some sort of ionic gradient and so a bug just because you you take a leg off of a cricket doesn't mean it's not feeling or perceiving pain in a certain way oh definitely and so yeah i'm not saying that but but it is it's hard to say right like Mm -hmm. how does a bug or reptile perceive its life Mm -hmm. in time wise right like we you can't compare really them to humans in with some respect because we are so we have been, we've removed ourselves from this, mm-hmm. this other, from like the... Right, like we're in daylight savings world. now. Yeah. <laughs> Happy daylight savings <laughs> time, by no, the way. No dog is thinking about daylight savings. No, yeah, what, what about chimpanzees? What is their perception of time? Because they're very close they're to very, us. They're very, yeah. I'm, I mean, they're pretty intelligent, mm-hmm. I'd say. Right, they're nine, was it 98, 99% of their DNA is... Somewhere to ours. But I think it's like a banana. It's like 98, something like that, oh, too. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, so so. It has like the same amount of chromosomes as a human or something like that. Like a, like a mouse has like more genetic information than a human. Or, like, there's, it has, know, it's, it's all about which genes are expressed and which aren't. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, there was a. Where's the missing link? Oh, I think it's. I think it's in that we don't really value, where we have all these human rights, saying that humans are the most sacred thing on the planet, so special. Mm-hmm. 
and you know we'll but we don't apply that really to to anything else I mean it just doesn't make it's like where do you, you draw the line how about a, if a Neanderthal came back would yeah. they have human rights you think um, I I'd say so yes probably um, I well because what humans tend to do and this is a term you know anthropology is a study of humans but anthropomorphization is we, we tend to see ourselves in other things mm-hmm. it's why we are fascinated with birds and their courtship it's why we are fascinated with chimpanzees because they a baby chimpanzee mm-hmm. looks a lot like a baby. Yeah, and they kind of act like babies. They, <laughs> they laugh. Yeah, and... they they laugh, right? And and so we and I'm reading and you have read *Sapiens* by yeah. uh, Yuval Harari, mm-hmm. and Great book. I mean, he's this guy's a fantastic um, author. You should. I mean, if anyone is interested in reading it, or you're interested in human history and mm-hmm. very summed up. You know, from everything from the creation of currency to the the end of the Roman Empire, very cool the way it's very crisp, succinct. Yep, and takes large pieces of history and time and condenses it mm-hmm. into Identifies really digestible these patterns, digestible ways. And so, he was writing about how um, humans have attained this this ability to create entities that don't actually have consciousness, right? Mm-hmm. Like an LLC, a limited liability company. So crazy. Is, is, has rights. Yeah. It has rights, right? There's, there's law that protects LLCs. And everyone just kind of agrees and we, upon these right. rights, and but so, not really because we're just born into. You're born agreement. into it, right. So like you're kind of forced into it, but yeah, there's been this collective agreement that, that exists, and even if the company goes bankrupt and sells some of its assets, the company exists in on paper and in our heads, right? Mm-hmm. Like Nike's, Nike will exist as a shoe company, or now it's clothing and everything, but mm-hmm. that company exists even if it doesn't have any factories and it moves on to just doing, you know ad campaigns for or something changes else. changes all its people. Yeah. Right? It could change all its staff tomorrow and it would still be the same yep. Nike. And so, with human rights, mm-hmm. human rights is, it's this entity that we all agree, like, yeah, like, we should all be able to right. freely practice, or, you know, in the United, States of, Amer- United States of America, we should, yeah, you have the right to free speech, you have the right to this, you have the right to that. Carry guns. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> um... No comment. We're gonna keep, we're gonna keep this these these podcasts as politically uncharged uh, as possible. I mean, but I also, I think we're we're a little avoid. bit different in political perspectives, but very similar. I would say pretty left. I don't know your political stance. <laughs> I I have a very different political stance, and I can see the benefits in a lot of different ideas, and I just love the debate of the ideas more than yeah. the yeah. actual policies or stances mm-hmm. themselves. I I like the, the nuanced arguments mm-hmm. that people can make and yeah, I think the freedom of expression is just such a fundamental part of that. I know some people don't have that. That's true. Some people can't speak their own thoughts on the government. Mm-hmm. Oh, so. 100%. Yeah, look at North Korea or Cuba yeah. or... Venezuela, North Saudi Korea, Arabia, man. they're building China, their... dude. They, they're the social credit system. I mean, 
They've you, created you this... went to China, right? You were interned there? Yeah, I lived, uh, lived there for a few months in 2014. I was working for the Nature Conservancy. So when you were in high school? Time. Yeah, I was in high school. Finished my junior year of high school. Went to China. Barely spoke the language. Didn't know anybody there. You got, went you got some... completely alone. And yeah, just had a had a really impactful time on me. I mean, very formative experience yeah. in exploring and trying to adapt to this new crazy place. It's insane. And the things that they've been doing recently too have been mind-boggling. Like the like the ZBT social credit system. And for example, they have this thing called the Huko, which is your score to get your kids into the education system. <laughs> what? So if you are, you get a certain amount of points and one of the points is your profession. Do you have a job contract? And only 35% of China has a job contract. Other people are doing more gray market labor or non-contract stuff. Right. So you have to have the contract. Then you have to be from, you have to be living in the city that you want your kids to go to school in for mm-hmm. a certain amount of time. You get the points. Then you have, you have to have a high education. The higher education, the more points you get. So... Keep in mind, really small percentage of the Chinese population has like a PhD, for example, or a master's, or even a college degree, right? And then the one significant part is your how much you affiliate with the party, your political correctness, and mm, how political correctness. That's quote unquote. that's the yeah that is their score, and if you don't check all those boxes, your kid won't go to a good school. Yeah. And they can create these comprehensive systems. And now they're saying you can't if you don't have a good score for for other things, you can't get a loan, you can't leave the country, you won't get a good housing, you won't get a job. It's crazy. And with WeChat too, if you jaywalk, it immediately pings you and you get Immediate fine onto your WeChat. Wait, what, what, so what is WeChat? I'm so WeChat is uh, created by Tencent. It's this basically, it's this mobile platform that has everything. So imagine Snapchat, but also Venmo, also Facebook, and you know you could ha- you could buy and sell things. You can do every anything through your WeChat, and it's just one app for everything. You got games, you got everything, and wow. and it's tied to you as an individual. And the government knows your WeChat. They have access to it. And my example, if you jaywalk and they catch you on camera, they know your face. They can recognize it very easily. But very sophisticated algorithms for that. Computer, analyze WeChat account. (laughs) And then they they just get your face and then ding, ping you. Say 15 bucks or $100 right there. Like three minutes later, you know, right after your your offense. It's like nineteen eighty four. Orwell would be going bonkers right now. I said that right, right? That's that the that's nineteen eighty four. Yeah, nineteen eighty four. Great movie, book and book, book and movie. It was a, it was a book. Before. I think a movie. Yeah, I read the book, but I never saw the movie. Movie came out. When did the movie come out for that? I just hope we don't. Nineteen eighty four is another great book. We get. I don't, we hope we don't get something like that in the United States. That would be terrifying. It came out in, uh, don't tell me it came out in 1984. It did. Wow. <laughs> Someone, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's fitting. Chris, how do you feel about that? Would you want, would you want that in the U.S.? 
I mean, it's a, it's pretty hyperbolic. It's very blown out. I mean, he's he goes extreme. Uh, no, I mean the Chinese. In oh, China, oh, the Chinese uh, system. Orwell. Um, very Orwellian. This. Uh, and it definitely thing. is. I don't think. I mean, that's pretty ridiculous. The the jaywalking thing. I mean, maybe they take it very seriously there because. People die and yeah, there's big traffic congestions. Yeah, I I mean I've seen videos of, like things happening in China where people just getting hit. Yeah, it's awful. I mean, there's so it's, there's so many, instances of, that and that that, that causes like. A lot of. Uh, it's kind of a shit show too, China. A lot of things are just. Don't I mean, make they're a still considered a developing country. Which is kind which, of ridiculous too. Which I don't know. It's just because of the it's that per capita. Maybe, uh, yeah. Is it the per capita? That's I mean, what... they... It's it, it's very polarized, the, the development in China, right? For I sure. Mean, if you're not in one of those major hubs, it's just like, it's rice farmers, it's... it's uh, This is just from one... I mean, I, maybe I have a really skewed perspective, but if they're still, they're still being considered a developing country, there's definitely some sort of uh, level to... It's true. Yeah, no, a lot of people in poverty... Yeah. And... Some people in that just are not even accounted for. Like, have you heard of the, the the Uyghur concentration camps? No. So there's there's this group of Muslims that are in northwest China, and the government has deemed them like Gobi Desert. Yeah, north. Okay. And it's um, I think it's on the border of Kazakhstan. Okay. And China's mass internment camps have no clear end in sight. They have hundreds of thousands of people there that were deemed, you know, not part of the you know the traditional Han Chinese, and they were they were deemed a threat. So they sent them to these, essentially concentration camps where, or re-education facilities where they're taught uh, socialist party doctrine. They work. Yep. And they're not released and they're not even charged with anything. They haven't, they haven't necessarily done anything wrong. Maybe they just spoke out against the government or uh, it's but they, this is anti-terrorist. They they claim yeah. to be anti-terrorist, but it's really scary cuz they could send anyone here essentially and we wouldn't have no idea. Essentially, Chinese officials have said that tightened security measures and limits on the religious practices of you're saying it's pronounced Uyghurs? Uyghur. Uyghurs? Mm-hmm. Who are mostly Sunni Muslim, are aimed at trying to prevent violent anti-state episodes in Uyghur areas, which they have attributed to separatism, terrorism, and religious extremism. And that's the New York Times. This is the New York Times. Um, but I, I saw the headlines of all the other things that this is... This seems to be pr- pretty uniform uh, observation, but... Yeah, abuse and torture is common in re-education centers and reports of deaths in custody due to torture have become common. Wow, I did not know this was happening. Isn't yeah, that crazy? It's very like, sketch. The, the matrix that's fed to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I didn't hear about this, right? Yeah, like, but, you know, you're, you're, you're I hear about this bubble, Kim Kardashian's you. big booty. <laughs> yeah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, why, why don't we know more about these these crazy things in our... In our society, like like the automation of jobs, or you know yeah. the rise of you know electric vehicles. I, mean, I was just talking to my friend yesterday, where 
it just doesn't make any sense that we are not taught, for example, how to even do taxes. Yep. But you have to do your taxes. Yeah. Or else you go to jail. Well, there's a, there's people that do them for you, right? Like, that's a profession, right? Like, you have yeah. someone that you give them your your income and they'll do your taxes for you. That's true. But, right, there's you should... Things like TurboTax, but it's just strange that the, you know, the education doesn't give you these basic, basic things of, like, how to do your taxes, how to balance a budget. How to write a check. It's normal financial responsibility, financial independence kind of stuff. To be a productive member of society. And what we choose to prioritize in education is, is fascinating. I mean, and then I don't know if this is similar to your education in California, but especially the, the school I went to um, was, I feel like United States public education does not stress enough geography and understanding where things are mm-hmm. in the world. You know, people don't know that like West Virginia and Virginia are two different states. Yeah. Like in their own country, but also like where's Georgia, the country, mm-hmm. on a map. Right? Like Yeah. It's, Points to me Venezuela. You know, yeah. Or all those yeah, everything in Central America. Where where is Panama relative mm-hmm. to Nicaragua, right? It's Where's the Congo? Knowing where things are is, is very important to having this world view. And we are very, sil- we're just like siloed in the, painting George Washington as this king of, mm-hmm. of the American Revolution. And he chopped down the cherry tree, but he was honest about it. And, he, you know, <laughs> and like Abraham Lincoln was just this amazing individual that led the North to victory against the South. And that, I mean, that's a whole nother topic, but the North and South were, had their reasons for fighting it. It wasn't just about slavery, um, but it was, a, it was a part, right? I mean, part. but it was, you know, also states' rights and stuff like that. But, but we have these, these individuals that we highlight in our, in our history class, mm-hmm. but like we don't learn a lot about the, the cultures that also complemented those those times, right? Yeah. We learn a lot about imperialism, but we don't learn about the history of, like, the the Aztecs and, and... I did, a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. You do a little bit, but why, you know, we learn so much about our own country, and we, we stand up and we say, pledge of, we say the Pledge of Allegiance every morning Yeah. when we first start with our right United hands over States our hearts. The United States of America. It's, you know, and, I mean, every country does that, but... Mm-hmm. It's just, we're just it's kind of young conditioned. We're we such are, a young yeah. country. So the fact that, you know, we're, we spend so much time like on the Oregon Trail and on, oh my God. Uh, and on, you know, I learned a lot about, yeah, the Cal- California because in, in exploring California, like manifest destiny and, mm. and the sun is always on the re- left side uh-huh. of the painting. <laughs> and then also having the, the yeah the Spanish influence here before right what what happened with that and you know the how horses are actually na- not native to America horses are from they're Eurasian yeah and you know yeah that's but we just we have this over. historical amnesia about what was there 
and like how that shaped what we are today. Mm-hmm. And it's very important to understand that in order, you know, not to repeat history, but also to appreciate different cultures and where your meatballs and spaghetti came from. You know, if you're Italian, the, the tomatoes came from Mexico mm-hmm. and your, your noodles came from China. <laughs> and now that's Italian cuisine. But it wasn't always Italian cuisine, you know? So yeah. it's like we have this intense nationalism on certain things, but we don't understand or, you know, a lot of us do. But mm-hmm. there's also people that don't know how things came to be and why, like, you know, like Chiquita bananas. I'm just pointing to a fruit on Julian's table right now. But the 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 history of the banana industry, the banana republics, right? Like, yeah. And... This goes back to me at the store looking at food, right? I just am cursed with this. <laughs> like, I look and I'm like, wow, like, yeah, like bananas. And then, I'm, then I was like, well, that co- company was Did this profiting in off of, yeah, like eat cheap labor. And it's just people. Do you do that for every single product that you buy? No. I, I think about it, but I, I'm not like saying it out loud. I just like these these thoughts just like come into my mind and then I like push them out and yeah. like no stop like that would be that would be terrible to be saying out loud you're in Weckman's yeah no or you're at grocery store no, people do that I mean that that's where it becomes a little overbearing mm-hmm. is when people start to really like push like they just can't let people sometimes it's nice to be just in that that flow of just not thinking about everything that you know the the certain connotations something has or mm-hmm. the implications you purchasing that have on some other system, like the push and pull of it. But I love thinking about these sort of systems mm-hmm. things and seeing connected. how seeing how different patterns yeah. go yeah. together. And yeah, the butterfly effect of our of our, have you seen of our actions. <laughs> no, was that with uh Ashton Kutcher? <laughs> Ashton Kutcher, right? Yeah. It was okay, yeah. <laughs> It was interesting. It's a quick, it's a low commitment. Like when movies used to be an hour and 20 minutes, mm-hmm. not three hours. I don't know when we, half hours. people say that we have, you know, that we have the hamster brain, our, our generation. You know, I'm 22. How old are you, Chris? 21. 21. I'll be 22 in August. You know, people say that we are, you know, have no attention span and everything's got to be second seconds, seven seconds long and 30 seconds. Vines, dude. Bring back Vine. <laughs> but yeah, Vine is dead. And podcasts are in. Three hour long podcast. Inception, a three hour long movie. 42 minutes and 36 seconds so how long, far. How long do you want to uh, to go for? I think we could start wrapping up. I think for the first one, we shouldn't have this yeah, hour long yeah. podcast. Um, so we, I mean, we could try to bring it full circle. I, I forgot mm-hmm. what we started talking about at the beginning. Uh, we talked about a bunch of stuff. We talked about veganism. We talked about... The Haber-Bosch process. By the way, Haber-Bosch. it's 78% of the atmosphere is nitrogen. Okay. For anyone wondering. 21% oxygen. Uh, and CO2 is the other. The rest, yeah. And some other gases. Mm-hmm. But... Great, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> we talked about veganism. We talked about China. Yeah. We talked about... Uh, the United States education system. United States and education. Just education a little bit yeah. we touched on. Talked about evolution. Yeah. Talks yeah. about a bunch of stuff. That's pretty good. Very disorganized. Very. But that's how. So that's how, that's how conversations should be, right? That's like, how conversations are. You shouldn't right. be planning out 
and then this I, I'm in this project management class right now and it's we shouldn't be planning out what we're gonna say before the next person finishes right like it should just be this natural flow of right I'm just exchanging like ideas and like that's just the birth of language like that's just what like we do as mm-hmm. humans and sometimes it's hard because you someone says something and then it triggers a thought in your head but then you have to either remember it or you have to remember it because they're gonna they're gonna keep talking you want to focus on what they're saying but sometimes you shouldn't do that because then you're not listening to the person right you're you're trying you're thinking I gotta say this I gotta say this and you don't you're kind of like waiting right. for your time to go in but then you're not listening to the person mm-hmm. really you are but not a hundred percent you're kind of right so that's a that's the balance right how do yeah. you right how do you make sure that you're you know if you have a good idea to be able to contribute it you know, in a way that's seamless and yeah. then also be able to pay attention fully. And that's a really a skill that you have to learn. No one teaches you that skill. Yeah. You kind of learn it on the fly. Like so many of the most successful traits and attributes are things that you just have to learn on your own. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could <laughs> be born with an IQ, which IQ is not really a good way of measuring intelligence been proven that it's actually it's been proven that the old iq test was discriminatory but you're not born for certain things for certain things you know pattern recognition sure but you know there's also a lot of intelligence emotionally and like how you can be a both a someone that's like fun to talk to or Mm -hmm. you kind of just can be in a conversation and and people like like sharing ideas with you and that stuff is that stuff's learned for sure you think that's a an intelligence it definitely is a certain intelligence right like reading a conversation mm-hmm. knowing emotional intelligence that's right emotional intelligence it's called eq right mm-hmm. so there's iq and there's eq iq you're born with essentially eq you can develop for the rest of your life you you never really you can't really plateau on emotional intelligence and you can't make your iq any better um not you really do better on the test, you can right? probably do a little bit better right but it's not the same. I mean, they're not, yeah. they can't be, one can't be measured really the like same as the other. Right, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't want to keep this going. We're almost at 50 minutes. That's pretty great. Because I mean, if, that, we, keep, if we just keep going, we're going to. We could, we could keep going all day. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we want to hear your thoughts, where we should take this. Should it be free form? Should we ask questions? We wanted to get guests too. Yep. Like the founder of the lead certification system. Rob Watson, we'd love to have him on. We're working on a project with him for a sustainable solid waste management standard. And that's it. No more information on that. Yeah. Keep you guys on the... Keep you posted. If you haven't already been lectured by us on the materials management sector, then <laughs> just uh, we'll keep you in suspense. But yeah, we're looking for, for other ideas. Um, wanted, we want to hear your comments on you know some of the things we talked on. Would you want us to focus more on something else? Uh, and we'll, we'll move from there. Cool. Great. All right. Well, I'm Chris. And I'm Julian. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you.